Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Get ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Yes, it does, and we do have to live our dreams in light of everything that's going on in the world right now. Hello and welcome, Power Partners, to our informational and positive playground. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are charity. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are your hosts right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And, of course, we are coming to you live as we do every week. We want to catapult you from wishing upon a star to helping your dreams come true by bringing you all kinds of great information every week. The miracle moment for today brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, as well as the sponsors of our upcoming Moraga Fair, a booth which our Michael Verbrugge Construction and Children's Success Unlimited is from Thomas S. Monson. When we treat people merely as they are, they will remain as they are. When we treat them as if they were what they should be, they will become what they could be. Love it. Isn't that a great one? I know. I think about that all the time. I I think about how important it is to treat others, not only the way that you want to be treated, but how you feel that they have the power to be in the world. And I know when I work with my teens and when I coach, that's what I do is I really help people uh, believe in themselves and see the unlimited possibilities. And sometimes... When you do that for other people, they begin to see it in themselves. So that's a very exactly. yeah, yeah. You're not you're not giving people a fish. You're teaching them how to fish. So exactly. You're, you're that's exactly potential. right. That, and it's so it's very very critical. Anyway, well, let's tell everyone what we've got coming up in our show for today. We're going to talk about our voices and how. You know, we all get older and our voices age like everything else, but there are ways that we can keep a youthful sound. And being in the voice business, as we are, entertainment business, we have to know some of those tricks. So I'm going to share some with uh, our listeners in segment two. Of course, Easter is this week. This is 
Holy Week in Christian religions. Uh, Easter Bunny is arriving with lots of colored eggs and gifts for little kids. <laughs> because, so because we'll talk about the history behind Easter, Easter the holiday, the biblical, the pagan, the secular, and then hope everybody can enjoy the Easter egg hunts. But right now, it's something that's really important because this is something that is um, kind of sweeping the, I, I don't say the world, I'm going to say our nation, and it's what Heather calls diabesity. It's obesity plus diabetes because they're symbiotic partners. So I want to find out from Heather in Health Matters what's the link, how we can avoid both, and you know how we can how how we can just kind of be more healthy. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I just um, our segue. We kind of today picked a not maybe the best time to talk about diabetes and I know um, with all the Easter eggs and the candy. You want to know that- a link? Easter, my friend, the, that little chocolate Easter bunny, there you right. go. There's your sugar rush. Exactly. What can you avoid? The Easter bunny. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, it was like the card. I think I sent you this card. It was like, what's an Easter bunny with its ear chewed, uh, a chocolate Easter bunny with its, with its ear chewed off? A good start. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did I send you that card? I'm not sure. But I, I cracked up I'm, at it because I'm sure, it's like. And I love I mean, it. And I love all of it. And I'm not hating on Easter or any other candy-filled holiday, which most of our holidays are. Uh, that is the main um, focus of it is high yeah. sugar and glucose and all that stuff. But today, yes, we are talking about diabetes and, and what uh, what we mean by diabetes. If people thinking, um, I uh, trying to think that we're not pronouncing that incorrectly. What we're saying is that diabetes and obesity have a link to, uh, together, and it's shown that repeatedly after time that when people tend to be obese, that this is a leading factor that brings them into diabetes to being a diabetic person. And just want to quickly just kind of say something about diabetes, explain the types because I know. People hear it a lot, and it's really confusing, and a lot of times we just think, oh, sugar. We hear the word sugar and glucose. But um, type 1 is... Uh, oh, and wait a minute. And before you say that, too, I just also wanted to say that although obesity and diabetes go together, to get diabetes, you don't necessarily have to be overweight. So I'm sure you're going to no. probably talk about that, too. But anyway... Obesity no, is one not of the at causes. All. But typically, uh, no, that doesn't. That exactly. That's a, that's a, that can be a big factor. Factor, uh, but typically, uh, no, you don't have to. You don't have to be someone that's overweight. But a lot of times, uh, someone is overweight and when becoming diabetic, especially with type two diabetes. So, um, with diabetes, just kind of explaining. Uh, basically saying is type 1, um, so they're all considered uh, chronic conditions. Basically, it's a uh, chronic condition in which uh, the pancreas isn't making a lot of insulin. And type 2 is what affects the way that your body affects blood sugar um, and basically turning it into glucose. And so to explain what insulin and glucose is, so insulin is a hormone that's made in your pancreas. So again, that uh, with type 1 is that your pancreas isn't uh, making this hormone. 
And so with this hormone insulin that's helping your pancreas, um, excuse me, that your pancreas makes, what it does is it allows your body, when uh, your body uses sugar, it becomes glucose, and it takes uh, the sugar from carbohydrates that we take from our food, and it takes it and makes it either into energy um, or glucose, sugars that we stay, uh, keep for later in energy. And um, insulin also excuse me, insulin also with it being something that our hormone that our body's making naturally, it's something that's going to help basically be our automatic, our internal regulator of our blood sugar levels. So if they're going, uh, if our blood, excuse me, if our blood sugar levels are too high, that's when someone has a hypo, or excuse me, hyperglycemia, yes, hyperglycemia. And when someone's uh, blood sugar is too low, that's when they would have hypoglycemia. So there's also things that you can uh, be pre-diabetes. That's when considered when you have really high blood sugar, but it's not quite, and repeatedly, but it's not quite at that level. Just when someone is borderlining obesity, um, and also someone can get gast, um, gestational diabetes, which is something that happens when you're pregnant. A lot of times that women, just as a result of of pregnancy, um, that they'll have higher levels of blood sugar, and, and these can be potentially dangerous to children. So internal, but that's just, I just want to give you kind of that rich, quick rundown about with diabetes. So um, basically getting back to this whole link about being overweight and this thing and the connection to uh, uh, type 2 diabetes is that diabetes, excuse me, that obesity on its own is just a risk factor in our health. We know it causes so many different uh, inflammations and inflammation throughout our body creates free radicals and that's what slow down, slow down our body. We know when we don't get a lot of sleep that our body, our, our hormones levels go up and we make more insulin. And we're, that's why, too, when we're really sleep-deprived, we really crave sugar things. So, which, again, it's just going to spike our blood sugar and then have it crash down again. Um, with, with obesity, with all these things, usually people are a thing that could lead to obesity is making unhealthy life choices, such as poor diet and poor exercise. And usually with the, today's food, it's that, Things are so overly processed and filled with so many sugars. And yeah, that's the problem. Um, that uh, those are our, all these kind of artificial things. Not to say that obesity and uh, and uh, diabetes didn't exist in 200 years ago. Um, if many things you know, just weren't diagnosed properly, but things weren't processed. When we when we talk about all these diseases that are exist today, many of these things are. Uh, something that our bodies in ways that we've been exposed to and that way that things have, have manipulated or, or mutated, but also the things that we're putting into our bodies every day. And it's, it's nearly impossible to have a purely, you know, healthy, 100% pure diet, but there's are ways that can we can make better strides. So, again, it's trying to get as much non-man-made things. You can spice it up a little. Vegetables, go straight out to the garden. Legumes, try it as we talk so many times and you be the great gardener woman, of eating things that are in season. That way you're going to usually have the uh, least uh, amount of cost, the richest in flavor, and the most available. And that will usually affect how cost will be when there's a much more surplus. They want to get rid of it. Uh, well, so I want to just jump in there because I really love that you said eat things in season uh, because it really is people, you know, like if, if your dad brings home tomatoes I get upset right now is tomatoes in the winter they're not in season <laughs> that means they're going to be a hot house they're going to have no need nutrients and zero flavor they're going to taste like cardboard so there's no point in it so it's really important to eat seasonally so thank you for saying that 
because I think that's how you're going to stay the the healthiest. So that's why farmers markets are so great. If you if you have yeah. the ability right. to a, go someplace where they have thing. fresh, getting involved in your local community and thinking of farmers market. If you live in a nice little area, you want to get out and about. Getting in at least thirty minutes of exercise a day. That as we know, shedding pounds not only makes us look good, it's going to make us feel good. But by it's going to heart, cut down on things such as heart disease, high blood pressure, um, some cancers, and of course leading causes that can lead us to diabetes. Getting our, that, that's such a big thing is that a lot of times when people are eating, um, they're not uh, exercising as much. So you make your body a body of motion. When things are, our bodies are inflamed, that's why to uh, people have so many injuries or so many pains and aches within their joints and knees. Uh, that's due to inflammation a lot of the times, and that's because of lack of movement. And certain particular foods can uh, inflame our body. So making sure, again, eating things that are going to help with that inflammation, getting outside and exercising, and then being aware of any kind of family history diet um, thing that makes you uh, a risk factor to begin with. And talking with your doctors that sometimes there can be uh, medications that you can take. But my biggest thing is that we basically have in our own built-in nutrient uh, nutritionist and our own gym system is that we can get outside and we can walk and we can start making healthier choices. It's a lot easier said than done because you know we have the that we have the ability to put what goes into our mouth. But sometimes things that are not as healthy look a lot better. So it's all about finding that balance. And especially if you've been uh, been flagged, if you've gone in for your doctor and they've had blood results come back and saying that um, your results are high. And also that's too talking with your doctor in the beginning, if you are someone who's overweight, first talking with them about uh, steps you can take to getting to a healthy level. We're not talking about everyone, of course, probably has a dream level of what they want to be, saying something that's healthy and a realistic goal, and then going from there with what you want, but something that's saying that you meet standards that, um, you know, life is not painful and difficult, that it's amazing that there are so many drugs and medications out there today for diabetes, for obesity, for high blood sugar, blood pressure, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we want to take our first steps that those should be secondary things. That should be when doing sort of these first step, holistic, you know, just trying to make healthier choices and exercise. Well, what you're saying is that our goal is to avoid it in the first place by making these healthy choices, by eating properly and exercising and maintaining, you know, a healthy weight and, and, uh, you know, just watching yourself. But what happens if you are diagnosed? Is there a way to reverse it, or is it once you have diabetes, you always have diabetes? Well, no, you know, sometimes, and it all depends, and that just with any kind of chronic condition with anyone, that um, people can become, usually when someone has, has become diabetic, it's something if you, sometimes if you have to be weaned on to insulin, if you get to certain levels, then there is sort of no going back from certain high-intense levels. But also those things can be reduced in medications. Um, you can definitely reverse certain things, but some things, it all depends on, on your own individual case with that and how you're managing it. I think the best thing with 
anything, any kind of diabetic, if, uh, if you have been di- diagnosed with diabetes um, or you've been flagged as being pre-diabetic, is to talk with your doctor or doctors about what your next step is and whether it is through uh, any kind of insulin, medications, diet, exercise. And then, um, too, also a lot of times the people make the mistake of saying, I feel better, and stop taking medications or insulins or things like that, and things get worse. Remember that they are putting you on these things um, to monitor the condition. And then talk with your doctor before you personally start weaning yourself off or removing yourself. So I don't want to speak on any kind of medical, but things like this right. can be lessened and reversed in the ways that, that uh, yes, if, you, if these things are caught at earlier stages, that you can improve your conditions. But as a lot of times as we age, people sometimes are not taking as well care of themselves or are not getting the proper amount of care. And so things either worsen or just kind of stay stagnant and continue to just stay at that same stage. Okay. But that's okay. why we have the opportunity to make it better and get out there and work and, and work out. And just, again, I don't, I don't want people to always think work out is a negative thing, that we've gone through the days of hunting and gathering that we used to have to walk and communicate with Kate and move in these ways that in order to make, function through life, we had to be moving. Now things are much more uh, convenient for us, that we can just go to one shop and everything is there. We don't have to hunt our food or gather it. We just buy it, and a lot of times we can have it delivered to us, so we don't even have to leave our door. So sometimes people, if they're not scheduling in just some exercise or walking on the buck, they're not getting a lot of, of movement throughout the day. Not only is that bad for our heart and our bodies, and we've talked before about how sitting is, is actually the new obesity and diabetic, of how, how bad that actually is just for our health, that we are animals. We are meant to be moving about. So take those top opportunities to move about and get your heart rate up burn calories, and then, again, uh, moderation, not to say anything against sugar and sweets, that uh, unless you have any kind of allergies, you should be able to enjoy things to the fullest, but everything in moderation. Moderation. But, you know, um, just when you're saying about get up and move about, just not to scare people away who think that they have to become a gym rat or something, as you said earlier, there's all different kinds of of exercise and that can be just dancing you can be vacuuming you can be you know gardening hiking uh, going out to yeah the place you know i great play volleyball great roller kitchen and and your cooking is have music on and kind of dance around move there find you go. other ways to move while you're doing one thing yeah, Burn exactly. Another, and just time. have some fun while you're doing it. Well, great. Exactly. That's a that was a, a great segment. So, diabetes. Remember that word. Diabetes and obesity. They tend to go together. So we want to avoid those at we all costs. We want them to tend to go together with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want it to. Yeah, we don't want it to go together. And yeah, so we want to keep away from it. So, in any case, let's give out the websites. Most definitely. We want you to go to org as well as starstyleradio.com, I think is that. That's exactly right. Starstyleradio.com and bethestarur.org. And when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about our aging voices. We are always talking about wrinkles on our face and, you know, saggy this and saggy that. But you know what? We actually get saggy in our vocal cords as well. So let's talk about that. And then we can all guess how old we are. (laughs) I'm Cynthia Bryan. (laughs) And I'm Heather Brittany. 
And you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Be the star you are. You are the star. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, we are still here together on a beautiful sunny day here in California, the 23rd of March. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. I am Cynthia Bryan. Well, this last day has been quite a sad one. Another terrorist bombing this time in Belgium I have lots of friends there I was actually in that airport and train station not that long ago and friends were there um, not yesterday but a couple of days ago so it's one of these things that we never know where we're going to be when tragedy strikes and so more Always have to live in the moment. We talk about living for today and living in the moment a lot here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And I think that's all we can do. Uh, It's really, really sad that there's so much hatred in the world and there's so much uh, negativity and that this group, whoever or whomever they are, this ISIS just want to cause so much pain and suffering and are willing to be suicide bombers and destroys not only their own lives of their families, their friends, and so many other people. So my heart and my prayers and my thoughts go out to everyone who was affected, to, the, to all of the rescue people and 
of first alert people who are having to clean up the mess and everyone who was affected in any way, shape, or form. And I just plead that we can find some peace and love in this world. And why can't we just all get along? I, I don't know if I have any hope for our politicians in finding a solution to any of this. But to get to the topic that I wanted to discuss with you uh, right now, and we might actually go into our next segment to finish it out, is to talk about our voices and how we age. Because our voice is one of our very um, valuable assets, and especially for someone like myself, who's in the entertainment industry and who's been in broadcasting now going on almost 18 years if I don't, didn't have a voice, I wouldn't be able to express myself or get my thoughts out to the listeners around the world. But as with everything else on our bodies, our voices age as well. And most people don't think about taking care of those voice muscles the way that they might take care of, you know, their biceps or, the, or their thighs. Or as Heather was saying earlier, you know, we have to keep our bodies tuned up and exercised and all of that, but often we just let our voices go. So sometimes aging is just things that you see. You know, you see gray hair, you see wrinkles on the face, uh, you you find that your gums are getting kind of red and your teeth are falling out and people start getting heart attacks because they have clogged arteries and then their joints are painful or whatever those are. But have you ever talked to anybody on the phone and determined that that person is just plain old by the sound of their voice? I know I have. And I guess it's because I'm in this industry, but I listen to people and I, I get a vision of what they look like. And it's so interesting to me when someone who is actually quite young has a very old voice and then vice versa. I've met people who are quite old, but when I spoke to them uh, over the phone, they sounded quite young. So if you've heard, you know, old people speak with that very gravelly, raspy, kind of weak, a hoarse voice, you know, one of those where they're, they can't quite catch their breath. And they, they really do sound old. I mean, you would probably, I mean, I've gotten off the phone sometimes with people and said, you know, I think that person who just called me must be like 80 years old. So how old do you think that you sound? So you should ask somebody that sometime. You should talk and see why they, uh, how old you sound to other people. Now, why is voice makes you sound old? Well, over 30% of people over the age of 65 do have voice problems. And as you age... Your larynx, which is what we call the voice box, it's constantly changing. And there are several reasons that might be causing your voice to become hoarse and weak and therefore sound old. Now, of course, people who smoke are always going to have a hoarse voice. Sometimes if you smoke, people call it a hoarse and sexy voice. Unfortunately, those hoarse and sexy voices tend to end up getting some kind of throat cancer. I don't wish that on anybody. But... Uh, that isn't always a good thing. So one of the first things that happens is that your vocal cords are less elastic. And just like your skin and your muscles lose all that collagen, your vocal cords aren't able to work in the same way as they did when you were younger. So your vocal cords, they move and they vibrate, right? 
And that's how you, when they vibrate, that's how they make sounds. When the surrounding muscles move, your vocal cords, they either tighten or they loosen. So to make higher sounds, your cords have to tighten. Now, your vocal cords and your muscles in the larynx wear out and they become more thin. And as a result, your voice starts to sound higher. And then the thickened mucus increases the amount of mass that needs to vibrate and results in a lower pitch voice. Now, this increase is thought to be due to a decrease in hormones that happens as you get older. And that affects that mucus membrane of your vocal cords. And one other thing that happens with vocal cords is people tend to get acid reflux. And that can cause harshness. It can cause sore throats. And it can also cause uh, the coughs. So uh, if you have weak abdominals, in order to form a sound, your abs and rib cage, they squeeze your lungs. And that makes you exhale hair. Uh, hair doesn't, no, I'm wrong. I don't mean hair. I mean air. <laughs> if you exhaled hair, that would not be good. So in order to form a sound, your abs and rib cage, they, they squeeze around your lungs. And then you will exhale. When you have decreased lung capacity, and that happens really by the time you're 80, you probably have 50% less volume compared to when you were 20. So if you ever talk to older people and they tend to, you have to say, now what did you say? You know, I know I have a couple of aunts that are now in their 80s and where they used to be loud and boisterous just like I am now and just really, really vivacious. Now when I talk to them, they don't seem to have the vocal energy that they did before. And even though... They have still, you know, an energetic spirit. Their voices don't say that. Another condition that can lead to hoarseness because your vocal cords can't move well would be if you contract rheumatoid arthritis, which, of course, we know is a very, very serious condition. That inflammation limits the ability of the joint near your windpipe to move, and that is, um, that's really a tough one. Another thing is messages from your brain to your voice box become inefficient and you might get some nerve endings that die and that's obviously not good. And then there's a decrease in blood supply and a number of lubricating glands that cause your vocal cords to dry out. And then there's a change that happens in your tongue, your lips and your teeth making it more difficult to form words and as a result your voice becomes thinner and it wavers. You know, you, you ever heard people that have that kind of little waver? And of course, then there's Parkinson's disease. And then finally, it's what Heather was talking about. It's diabetes. So we want to know all of those things is what makes our voices weaker. Now, we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to learn how to keep your voice younger, longer. And that's the goal for all of us. You're listening to a very young Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are. Coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And we're talking about how to keep your voice younger sounding. I'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know how to tell a story? Humans simply aren't moved to action. They need stories to move. 
Starting from the time we have enough of a vocabulary to string together two sentences, we start telling stories. And even before that, we're entranced by them. We make sense of our lives through stories. We relate our experiences through stories. And therefore, stories are an incredibly powerful way to communicate, whether it's influence or bad and leading. The next time you need to illustrate a point, transfer specific information, or help your listener feel something, tell a powerful story. And here are four specific ways to make your story more powerful. First, be brief. Stories should be long enough to cover the topic, but short enough to be interesting. Some details and descriptions are important, but creating your verbal version of War and Peace is not necessary. Be vivid. Use descriptive language to create word pictures. When you tell the story, draw on as many senses as possible. Include action. There's a reason that action films are consistently among the top in the box office. To be compelling, your story must have some action in it. Now, stories must make a point or create a dialogue. Your story's point may be obvious, perhaps, though you want your story to be discussed further. If so, Conceal your point just a little bit, and then when the point is discovered during the dialogue, people will own the point, and they'll love the story. So start telling your story today to gain trust, inspire action, and communicate your authentic message. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profit. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style with another business bite. For more information, visit star-style.com or call 925 925- Three seven seven star. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are five hundred one c three, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program star style be the star you are hosted by the passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party find all you need in a light that shines this is a power party because we're going to help you keep your voice younger longer And I have some quick fixes and some tricks that can slow and minimize the aging of your voice. And these are really, they're easy and they're important and you can all do them. First of all, stand and sit up straight. Poor posture prevents deep breathing and adequate airflow. So your vocal cords, they have to work harder to produce sounds. Now, when I'm doing my radio show, as I am right now, Very often, I'm standing to do the show just because I feel like I have more energy. I encourage my teens that I coach for Express Yourself to stand up, put a smile on their face, and to use their hands when they're speaking 
so that they're going to have more enthusiasm in their voice. But whenever, if you have the option to stand or to sit, it's always better to stand up. And as Heather was saying in segment one, we're finding out that sitting is becoming uh, something that is like the big taboo because it is really uh, causing more problems for people. But again, the whole idea is diaphragmatic breathing. You want to breathe from your diaphragm, which is located between your belly button and your pubic bone. And when you do that deep breathing and you do that diaphragmatic breathing, you're breathing in and you're filling up that whole diaphragm and you're going to have more airflow so so that the sounds that you produce are going to be deeper and stronger and just more fluid. Exercise. Now, when you exercise, you're going to increase, or at least you're going to maintain your lung capacity, and that's going to produce a stronger, more youthful voice. Exercise is really crucial to uh, keeping your voice young. Be sure to do exercises that strengthen your postural muscles. So what does that mean? It means abdominals, shoulders, neck, back. You have to hold yourself upright to improve airflow. If you were, you know, crawling on all fours or sitting all the time, again, slouching, when you have your, I mean, as I'm doing this, I'm slouching forward to kind of as if you, I was on video, although I know you can't see me. If you were to put your, your shoulders forward, you're not going to have that lung capacity. But when you put your shoulders back, it brings everything up and out and you're going to, you'll be able to breathe in deeper. Now, it's so important not to shout or yell. The more that you strain your muscles, the weaker, more tired, and more inflamed they'll become. If you've been listening to any of the political candidates, and I guess we can't help but hear them at least from time to time on the news, you'll, you'll notice that almost everybody has become really hoarse because they're having to go around day after day after day, sometimes to multiple events and give multiple speeches and pretty much yell or shout at the top of their voices to get their points across, whether it's shouting at each other or just shouting in general. But in any case, they're, if when you listen to them, they're very, very hoarse, and the voices don't sound, sound very good. When your vocal cords bang together, you can actually develop these callus-like growths, which are called nodules. People in occupations that require a lot of talking or shouting or where they work in a really noisy environment are at high risk of damaging their voices and causing some vocal hemorrhage. And that can be a permanent damage. So give yourself a break sometimes and give yourself moments of quiet where you're not using your voice at all. Another wonderful thing for your vo- voice is to drink lots of water. You want to keep your voice box moist. Nearby glands produce a saliva-like fluid, and that lubricates the vocal cords. And in order to make this lubricant, you have to stay hydrated by sipping water at least every 15 minutes and drink a total of at least six to eight, you know, glasses of water every day. I always have a glass of water with me or a bottle of water with me when I'm in my car or I'm, you know, at any place when I'm out, I keep even a little small, like I think it's six ounces, it might be eight ounces, uh, just a small bottle of water in my purse. But drinking lots of water, and if you want to squeeze a little bit of lemon juice in it, that actually is good for your voice, and um, it just keeps your throat clear. Smoking. I already told you how 
Smoking increases that hoarseness. Again, a lot of people confuse it with a sexy voice. Yes, it does sound sexy, but it's very dangerous. Tobacco is what increases the hoarseness. Now, singing. Now, you might think that singing and shouting are the same, but that's not true. Singing uses your vocal muscles. That old adage of you don't use it, you lose it, applies to your voice as well. So professional singers know that in order to preserve their voice, they have to keep their larynx muscles strong. If you sing in the shower, the steam is going to lubricate your voice. So sing in the shower. It's good for you. I like to sing in my car, too. I mean, nobody can hear me. I can play the music. I can sing as loud as I want or as soft as I want and as off-key as I want. But singing is an exercise for your vocal cords, so you definitely want to do that. As being sociable. As adults get older, they tend to become more socially isolated, and they don't speak as often. Now, as much as it's good to rest your voice, you don't want to go for you know weeks on end without speaking at all, because then when you go to speak, you're going to be like a frog. You're going to croak. So don't isolate yourself. Stay sociable as much as you can. Coughing. If some people, especially this time of year with allergies, they tend to cough a lot. And you have to learn to control that cough. You've got to get some remedies uh, because a bad cough can actually scar your vocal cords. And then uh, you have to rest your voice for a couple of days to allow your vocal cords to heal. So if you have a chronic cough that lasts more than two weeks, uh, go and see your doctor. It could be the sign of something more serious than just the cough. And of course, you also want to avoid that permanent hoarseness. Alcohol, it can be another problem for your throat. Uh, alcohol inflames the mucous membranes in your throat. And if you have acid reflux, obviously you need to avoid it altogether. But, you know, the common... The common uh, knowledge for alcohol is to limit yourself to one serving of whatever it is you're going to have every day. I think for men, it says that, that two can work, but when it comes to your voice, one is really what is, uh, which is better. Now, this may not seem so normal, but it really is, and it's important. You need to take care of your teeth. Do you go to the dentist Do you at least twice a year? Do you get your teeth cleaned at least twice a year? I get mine cleaned actually every three months, and I think it actually helps me speak you know, more fluently and keeps my voice young. If you've ever noticed that faces of people with false teeth, they have like a, this sunk in appearance, that's because natural teeth are embedded in the jawbone. And when you lose a tooth, your jawbone atrophies. It just wastes away. And that change in your face shape will cause the muscles to not work as well. And then it's going to make it more difficult to form sounds. Also, you know, just the plaque, et cetera, on your teeth is not good for your vocal cords or for your throat. Uh, the acid reflux I was talking about before, that irritates and dries out your throat. And that really damages your voice. So you don't want to lie down immediately after eating. You know how it used to be you'd go swimming and they would say you have to wait an hour um, after you eat. you got to wait an hour before you swim. At least that's the way I grew up. I don't think that rule still applies. But it definitely applies for eating and then going to sleep or lying down. If you can wait at least two hours before going to bed, and then elevate your head, you know, a few inches when you're sleeping. 
you're going to avoid that acid reflux. Uh, and, of course, you want to avoid foods that aggravate your acid reflux if you have it or irritate an inflamed um, lower esophagus. For example, what are some things that could irritate your esophagus? That would be carbonated drinks because those bubbles, they increase pressure. Coffee, you know, both regular and decaffeinated uh, can be irritants. Uh, anything that has caffeine in it, including um, soft drinks or tea, if it has uh, caffeine in it, that can also be irritating. Uh, some uh, chocolate, because chocolate contains cocoa, a fat and caffeine, <laughs> and all three of those are irritants. Any fried food, high fats are associated with heartburn and with reflux. So stay away from fried food. You want to stay away from that anyway just because you don't want diabetes and you want to keep your weight in check. And then beer, wine, and alcohol or any kind of liquor is believed to relax that valve between the esophagus and the stomach, and that can actually lead to more reflux. If you're, um, if you're consuming some high-fat dairy products like a fatter cheese, butters, creams, creamy soups, um, creamy pastas, uh, whole milk, whipped cream, and any high-fat foods like that, they will contribute to a reflux. The same goes for high-fat cuts of meat. So if you're having a high-cut fat of um, a high high fat cut of like beef, pork, lamb, bacon, sausage, cold cuts, anything like that. Any fatty food, if you can just remember, it's harder to digest. It stays in the stomach longer, and then that increases your chance of acid reflux. And then although we like to, to suck on peppermint or spearmint to clear our breath, those aren't always uh, the good things for our um, for our acid reflux. So again, right now, we are talking about that acid reflux. Citrus fruits can do it as well. Grapefruit, orange, pineapple, tomatoes, and anything spicy or acidic. So you just have to learn what you can tolerate. Now, there are some signs of silent acid reflux. And what does that mean? Is Some people say, oh, I don't have acid reflux, so I don't even need to think about this. But if you go... <clears throat> If you clear your throat all the time, <clears throat> or you have a croaky lower voice in the morning, do you wake up and you know you sound like a little frog? Or feeling of having a lump in your throat? Do you ever say that to yourself? If you do any of those three things, those are actually signs of acid reflux. It's just called a silent acid reflux. So just be aware of them. Now, this isn't something that I'm recommending, but this is where it's something that some people are doing um, uh, if they, their voices are getting kind of unbearably hoarse or, or unbearably old. So just like a facelift, there are Americans that are undergoing what's called a voice lift, where a surgeon goes in and they cut out the fat or the collagen from other body parts and, uh, and they inject it into the vocal cords. And what it does is that brings the flaps of the tissue of your vocal cords closer together so that they vibrate better and they produce a stronger sound. 
So don't assume that your voice changes are only due to aging. I just want to, um, to you know, give you this last tip because if you find that your voice is changing or other people say, gosh, you don't sound the way you used to, make sure to see your physician to rule out any other medical problems or issues that could be developing, especially if you are a smoker or if you have been uh, drinking uh, quite a bit or you have a history of drinking or you have a drinking, you know, challenge. So those are just some tips about your voice and how it can age. So take a, a little test for yourself and see how old is your voice. And it would be kind of fun to talk to some people that you do not know who do not know you and let them guess the age of, uh, of, of who you are. I know for me, having been on the radio for almost 18 years now, it's very interesting for me to listen to how I hosted shows 18 years ago uh, as to how I host them today. My voice has not changed that much. I think it's perhaps stronger, but it, it really hasn't changed. And then I look back at television shows that I hosted, and I close my eyes and and then record myself and see, am I sounding the same? And you can do the same. So listen back, you know, watch some old videos and that, and then listen to your voice, and then record yourself today on your smartphone and see what you are like. Well, coming up this week, I, we are starting tomorrow. It starts, uh, well, I guess actually uh, today is the, first, um, is the first day of Holy Week, and then we have Holy Thursday Tomorrow, Good Friday on Friday, Holy Saturday on Saturday, and of course, Easter Sunday. And the kids, obviously, anyone who celebrates Easter, they look so forward to those Easter egg hunts and all that candy. And uh, I have a thought for them. Instead of giving them candy, why don't we give them some Easter egg radishes to plant in the garden? Because these are these really pretty colored radishes. So they're very colorful. They're very different colors. There's, there's purple and there's kind of a pink. And then, of course, there's red and there's white. And, uh, again, they might, you know, they might say, what? I got to plant radishes. But they look like little Easter eggs. And kids can sow them in, their, in the garden on their own. And within a month, they'll be ready to be harvested. So, you might want to think about giving your kids some um, tasty multicolored radish seeds to plant on Easter and tell them that they're going to get these healthy Easter eggs uh, in a month. And I think that they will really have fun. Uh, Renee's Garden has these uh, on their website. If you go to reneesgarden.com and make sure your child reads the back of the packet to learn when to plant, how much sun is required, how deep to sow, how many days to germinate, days to harvest, etc. And then you can mark off your calendar to the days they, they will harvest them. They only need a small garden. They can grow them in a pot or if you have a two-by-two-foot space, uh, that's really great. And one fun thing about sowing these seeds is uh, that you can sow them every couple of weeks and then there'll be a continuous 
harvest. So I just like that to throw that in since uh, we were talking about diabetes, obesity, and getting away from sugars. But let's uh, let's talk about a few Easter traditions. You know, this year Passover is not the same time as Easter. In fact, Passover isn't until from April 22nd to Saturday, April 30th of this year. So we're a full month ahead here. So what are some of these cherished traditions that have been around for centuries? And the most prominent secular symbol of this, of this Christian holiday, of course, is the Easter Bunny. And that was reportedly introduced to America by German immigrants who brought over their stories of this egg-laying hare. That's why I gave you a business bite today about telling stories and the importance of stories, because stories tend to continue on into a legacy. The decoration of eggs is believed to date back to the 13th century, though, while the rite of Easter parade has even older roots. So there are traditions such as the consumption of Easter candy. Those are among the modern additions to the celebration. Now, the Easter Bunny, of course, the Bible makes no mention of that long-eared, short-tailed creature who delivers these eggs to the well-behaved kids on Easter Sunday. Nevertheless, the Easter Bunny was a prominent symbol of Christianity's most important holiday. Now, the exact origins of this mythical mammal are unclear, but rabbits known to be prolific procreators, and they're an ancient symbol of fertility and new life. So according to some sources, The Easter Bunny arrived in America in the 1700s with the German immigrants in Pennsylvania who transported their tradition of egg-laying hair called Osterhaas. And the the children made nests in which the creatures would lay these colored eggs and then it spread across America. Now, as a religious holiday, although there's a lot of different customs, it's linked to pagan traditions. The egg was an ancient symbol, symbol of new life and has been associated with pagan festivals celebrating spring. And of course, we just celebrated the beginning of spring. Now, from a Christian perspective, Easter eggs are said to represent Jesus' emergence from the tomb and his resurrection. So decorating the eggs for Easter actually, as I said, dates back to the 13th century. And the custom is that eggs were formally forbidden during the Lenten season. So people would paint and decorate them to mark the end of the period of penance and fasting, and then they would eat them on Easter as a celebration. So today we do Easter egg hunts. And of course, Easter candy, that is totally a 19th century kind of thing. Um, It's supposed to be, again, a symbol of new life, but really we know it's just all about commercialism. So try not to eat too much uh, candy of this year and keep your kids away from it and think about planting those uh, wonderful little uh, little radishes that I was telling you about. So thanks for being great listeners and allowing us into your life. Every week here as we bring you Star Style, Be the Star You Are, we appreciate you um, being devoted listeners, and we strive to bring you new information every week. For information on the charity, you can go to bethestarur.org. For information on Star Style, visit us at star-style.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. I do want you to see beyond your physical being, know you're already a star, cherish the past, dream of the future, but we have to live in the moment, and we find this every day as we are experiencing more terror in our lives. We can't live in fear. 
we must live in courage. And until when we, next week when we celebrate again, remember, in the end, love always wins. Kindness always prevails. And smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Next week, we'll have a wonderful author with us talking to us about how to write a book. Roland Allnack will be joining us, so you don't want to miss that show if you're thinking of being a writer. And until then, dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. And may this be a very happy week. Happy Easter. Happy Holy Week. Happy celebrations. Enjoy your family and your friends. Be the star you are, you are the star, be the star you are, you are the star, be the star you are, keep caring. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.